Hello, and welcome to episode three of Dig New Streams. I am so happy to have Randy Kafka as my guest on the podcast this week. First and foremost, Randy is one of my closest friends. She is also the rabbi at Temple Kol Tikva, a co-founder of Sharon Interfaith Action, a board member of Brockton Interfaith Community, uh, and just generally an incredible human being. Uh, Randy's also written two books that I highly recommend you check out, and those are available on Amazon. Um, This week, we talk about human needs and nonviolent communication, which you'll hear us refer to as NVC. Um, There is much more information that you can find out about it, books, other resources. I'll include those in the show notes on Spotify and iTunes and also on Instagram at Dig New Streams Podcast. So I don't remember the details of what you responded, but it's, it's likely that I had the experience of like, oh my God, he's on a different planet, <laughs> <laughs> which probably we've had more than once. <laughs> I think that's your consistent experience of me. Yeah. Which which reminds me, I did want you to to share your experience of me when we met the first oh my time. God. Okay, I can try. Please. It's sort of you know shrouded in in whatever, but in okay. lore and embarrassment. Lore, that's right. <laughs> no, more like middle aged memory. But there's. So I think we met more than once, but there's really yeah. only one. Um, there's one encounter I remember that was probably before we really connected. Okay. Brockton Interfaith Community had a press conference, I believe because um, you were announcing something about taking in immigrants in sanctuary something like that like was that it like preparing in case there would be that i think we were trying to announce as a unified faith community that we would take in people who are undocumented and protect them from ice yeah right right okay so i just remember i was in the audience and you were up there with, I don't know, there were maybe like eight or 10 different speakers and you were sort of standing in a semicircle and taking turns talking. And um, yeah, what I remember is that you, from the very beginning, you were somebody that I just couldn't, I, I didn't have a category. <laughs> you know how you, you just want to peg somebody so you feel like you know what's a and you just were outside of my my realm of experience. So I heard them say you were a pastor and you, I'm sure, I don't remember, but I'm sure you had a baseball hat on. Yeah. And, and oh, I, saw I don't the, know, I don't know. I might not And know. I saw the <laughs> tattoos and you certainly weren't wearing the suit and tie that some of the other people there were wearing but you just you looked completely different (laughs) so that was you know i have sort of middle class american certain age prejudices about tattoos which i no longer have you have opened my mind (laughs) but but so it was like 
oh wait, pastor tattoos. And then I don't know whether you said or somebody said in introducing it that you didn't have a congregation. Right. And so again, like the mind tried to find where to put you. And I ended up making up this idea that you were a street minister. Yes. Somehow that meant something to, I don't know what that meant, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was part one. And then. I don't know that I knew that, that you thought I was a street preacher. <laughs> I, I made it up. Like, what could he be? He's a pastor, but he doesn't have a congregation and he looks like he looks. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed to say this, but no, I love it. This is that's so my, good. yeah, my, my, uh, yeah. It's so good. Okay. So I think it was that same day that outside on the sidewalk that you approached me. So if it wasn't that time, it was another one of these. Yeah. You approached me. I guess somebody must have said that I was a rabbi and you were like very exuberant about, I, love learning about Judaism. And I would so love to learn more about Judaism. And I remember having that internal stepping backwards. I probably <laughs> had enough um, consciousness not to physically step away on the side. <laughs> but I was that, oh, no, I know what this is like. Yeah. Oh, another Christian who just loves Judaism, but doesn't really know Jewish people. And yeah. But um, you had a business card because I think you had just started your yeah, church. I was just at the beginning. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you gave me a business card. And I think I did after a while write to your email, but you didn't ever get it. I think right. that was part of the first encounter. It was like I was trying to, okay, I'll give this guy a chance. <laughs> and then he didn't answer. <laughs> but then somebody might, so do you remember, did somebody... Like, how did we then meet, meet for real? I think it was through William and eventually William Dickerson, um, who's okay. the executive director of BIC, uh, Brockton Interfaith Community, for those who don't know. Uh, and he, I think, introduced us in a different context that made it less like, here's a fanboy of Judaism. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, right. here's a potential for you two to work together or for, for, your organization that you and Rabbi David started, um, right. Sharon Interfaith, to work with us at Brockton Interfaith. And I right. think that was the initial real, like, we're both human beings trying to do a similar thing and not like the Christian right. Judaism thing that I was. Right, right. I was a little obsessed. <laughs> so that's with what that. I remember. Okay, yeah. I remember, I do remember this. And I remember afterwards feeling embarrassed about it. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, I'm grateful that we were ever able to get over that first impression hump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so classic of you. Like, you don't allow that to be like, okay, this is that person and I've categorized them now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because no, I should now also say I'm remembering that I was, um, I was very impressed with your presence in front of that group of people mm. and that like, you have this skill of just stepping up to the mic and just talking because I was very aware of that. You know, I watch people in my quote field, you know, like, yeah. wow, no notes. Look <laughs> at him. You just yeah. like, mm, you just said something really beautiful and right on mm. for the moment. And yeah. So I do. Okay. Remember. That's not a, that's not, 
that's not necessarily embarrassing for me. So that's no, not at all. Oh no, no, I that was very impressive. One of the ways that you've helped me, I mean, really helped me shift the way that I think about myself and in those things, typically a response when you were saying that typically I would do or say something self-deprecating to offset the compliment that you gave me. Yeah. And I feel like over the last three ish years of knowing you, you've like constantly been one to point out like, why are you doing that? <laughs> mm. Or, or just through conversations, like a point, trying to point out like what need is being met by self-deprecating mm. or what are you afraid of for, you know, for mm. receiving a compliment and owning um, someone's complimentary words is something I've only been able to do pretty recently. Thanks. Much thanks to the way mm. that you've, we've talked. Wow. Yeah. One of the things, obviously, like you and I talk about all the time is needs and you like have heavily mm -hmm. invested in this whole concept of nonviolent communication, mm -hmm. um, sort of starting with that compact, the compassion book by Tom Bond. Tom Bond. That's right. T-H-O-M. Yes. Tom. You, you gave me that book and you've been a great, uh, <laughs> you've been a great evangelical for that book. <laughs> <laughs> small small e small c <laughs> and i am so appreciative of it because i think everything i think about now is framed around needs yeah you know so i guess i wonder now if i'm looking back at just our beginnings that that interaction maybe like what are some of the needs that were going on for both of us in that space you wow know? wow an interesting yeah um I know it's hard maybe to get back in that frame of mind, but like, what was it that compels you to show up to something like that? Right. You know? Yeah. It's a good question. Well, I know, all right. I, this one's an easy one. Cause it's a need that I, I am aware of in myself pretty much daily, nice. which is the, um, the need to contribute to other people's lives. Hmm. So contribution. contribution. So I was looking for a group that I could plug into where I could find a way to contribute. Yeah. And weren't you through Sharon Interfaith working on immigration in Sharon? That's how we started. Yeah. And it wasn't even really a planned thing. It mm. was like, whoa trump whoa immigration yeah. let's have an immigration forum because that's what everybody's all fired up about yeah so we kind of rode that wave yeah yeah so for you this need to contribute to want to connect maybe and to mm -hmm. see what's going on um so there's like one of the things that every time i do a needs check-in it's connect connections in there, you know? That's yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh my you know? God. Yeah. Um, so for me in that space, yeah. I wanted to make sure I had this like deep need to, if I could show up and I knew that people were suffering and I could do something about it. I had this need to be there mm. to say something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but that's yeah. a long sentence and not one word. Yeah, that's all right. It's just such a helpful, it's such a helpful concept. It seems so simple, hmm. 
it's that idea that we do what we do because yeah. we're trying to meet a need. Yeah, I think that it just fits absolutely everywhere. It does. It's just a brilliant. Yeah, I agree. It's helped me to move uh, from thinking about meeting needs as a selfish, you know, thing, oh, you know, yeah. selfish, the way that Ish. we are used to hearing that word yeah. and just self-motivated or self-fulfilling or just like that's just the way that life is. There's no space in which we're not trying to get our needs met. And I, I thought about this as like a community building exercise at some point, you know, just ask the room, name one time when you're not interested in meeting your own need, you know? And I was thinking about it. Like if you're going for a job interview, if you're driving in the car, if you're going to anything anything is about meeting your needs and it takes yeah. away the stigma of selfishness or wow you're so self-centered or whatever yeah of right course, we all are right yeah and i feel like i want to clarify so the the Please. word need gets used so much in our culture mm. so like it's important to clarify that we're talking about um and by the way i want to say that this is Marshall Rosenberg of blessed memory who mm. created this whole idea of nonviolent communication mm. and just, you know, the brilliance of this. So the thing is that it's about needs at the universal needs that like any human has. Yeah. And you mentioned a list. So you and I use this one particular list, but people have made different ones. And of course now it's all over the world in different languages yeah. and not every culture has the same concept. But the idea of of the just basic human needs. Mm. So it's not, I mean, there's some classic ones. It's not like, oh, I really need to have X amount of dollars in my bank account. Right, right. So that's using the word differently than you and I are using it. Yes, totally. It, it's it's like, um, yeah, it's basic human needs, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It gives lots of, it gives language to things that maybe we mm -hmm. weren't aware of. The list mm -hmm. that um, is a part of this book, the compassion book, it's in the book. If you're listening and you are interested, you could find it on Google anywhere. Um, just type in the compassion book needs list. Um, and it is so helpful because it breaks it down into sort of connection and mm -hmm. physical needs, sort of like air and breath and, and movement. Mm -hmm. And there's all of, and connection shows up in different ones or there's meaning, there's purpose. There's all sorts of needs that. Yeah. And play. And play. <laughs> and play and adventure. Yeah, they're all there. Um, yeah. I, th I appreciate that clarification because I do think yeah. that it's important to understand that these are needs that we have that are different for everybody, you know, um, that if, we, if I were to check, and they, they're different from week to week for us. Um, so it's important to, or with day to day, it's important to be checking in with yourself. Right. And if I could just take it that the next step, which is what makes it nonviolent communication yeah. is to have consciousness of what might the needs be underneath what someone else is saying or doing mm. so that you can get to that place of, oh, they're just like me. Right. They may be expressing their desire for that need in a way that is really not something I'm enjoying <laughs> or worse. Right. But, but if you can get to that place of empathy, that's what's so exciting about this, this world of NBC. It is. And I, I think. 
I think so too. And I think I immediately resonated with it and almost felt like it was intuitive when I started reading the book, but I intuitive in the sense that it just makes sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. Okay. That makes sense. And it, it initially connected with me because of like my favorite quote that you've heard me say a million times, I'll just say it by Dietrich Bonhoeffer is that we must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. Now, it might be interesting to put need in there Mm. more in light of what they need. Um, Mm. But I love the concept. And, you know, that was in the 1930s that he wrote that. And now we're talking as as a society, you know, in the helping professions about trauma-informed care uh, and things like that. And ultimately, the goal really is to understand a person and why they're doing what they're doing rather than judging them for the things that they're doing or not doing. Right. I think NVC really not only allows for that kind of communication and engagement with people, but it helps to move beyond just the mindset. It, it helps us with like what to do now with all of that. Cause it's mm-hmm. enough. It's one thing to embrace it. Like, yeah, that's of course I want to understand why someone does is doing or what they're doing or not. That compassion book in NVC really helps with that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I'm thinking of all these different things. So one <laughs> is I want to say that, um, yeah, there's an observation that I had that you did, you really clicked, like you really got this and you use the word intuitive, but it was just something that made sense to you and you were able to pretty much just take it and start using it. And that's impressive to me because others of us you know, for example, I listened to a, a an audio teaching from Marshall Rosenberg years ago, mm. and Alan and I even talked about it. Mm-hmm. My husband Alan, we you know we listened to it in the car, and oh my god, that makes so much sense. But we could not; we just didn't take it in as something that we could then do or act differently. Yeah, and it really took me a lot of practice, a lot of practice. So I'm just, I'm just. It, appreciative of <laughs> you're you're just taking to it well i think so, everything is time and place too <laughs> yeah maybe you were really motivated i was <laughs> <laughs> oh so that reminds me there was this wonderful story that marshall would tell over and over in his teachings about and he had different variations of it because it probably happened to him a lot that he was at a party and he was in a circle people standing around and that at some point he realized like, oh my God, this is the most boring. Or sometimes it was a meeting and he would interrupt. This is what I'm so excited to learn this skill. He would interrupt to say, excuse me, I'm feeling that my need for connection is not being met by this conversation. I'm wondering how it is for the rest of you. And he would always get this answer of like, Oh my God, now that you mentioned it, even the people that were talking a lot were saying, yeah, I'm actually sort of bored myself. (laughs) So isn't that refreshing that you could actually intervene to bring back connection between people? I think that's so beautiful because what it does that we don't often do is it puts it on you. Like he put it on, I'm feeling this. Is anyone else Mm -hmm. feeling it? Rather than than pointing at this, this people that we're leading, like you guys are really just not connecting with the room or whatever you're saying is not helpful. Right. 
or excuse me, you're really boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or even worse, maybe not saying anything and then leaving yeah. dissatisfied. You tune out, yeah. Yeah, and, and you've yeah. you feel like you've wasted your time, and then other people feel the same, and then you gripe and you complain instead of any of those things that can come after. You've just named something, and you were able to move through it in a way that yeah. doesn't like point the finger and tear someone else down. Right. I think that's beautiful. Right. It's all about connection. It's all about connection. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm remembering the other thing I wanted to say that you yeah. mentioned earlier about judgment. Yeah. So this is another beautiful thing is, you know what? We all have that automatic judgment thing. Totally. I don't, I'm going to say I do. And <laughs> I think everybody else does that like, you know, this very sharp, I like this, I don't like that. Mm. I like what you're doing, I don't like what you're doing. So NVC doesn't say stop judging because that's just piling another layer on it. Like, oh, you're judging yourself for judging. Right. But it's it like says, you know what? Actually, the judgments that you're having are really useful information to point you towards what you're really needing that's not being met in that moment. Yeah. So like, go ahead and have that little judgment party inside or take a break so you can do it, you know, on your own. And then you just sort of let it out, which is so much fun. <laughs> you know, instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't, you know, right. 63 years old, I should have learned by now not to say these rude things about people. But no, like, go ahead and do it because you can hear in it. Wow, I really have a need for consideration or respect. Yeah. It's not being met by how that person's talking, whatever it is. And then once you do that, the self-connection, then then the next step is can I wonder about, can I guess what's going on for that person? Yeah. So it it invites curiosity of your both your own and that the other person's mm -hmm. What's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So can I just check for a second? Yeah. Okay. So this is another thing I've learned in NVC that, I don't know, the statistic is something like 80% of what we say doesn't really register. Like people don't really. Wow. Is that, <laughs> so is that true? It's, I mean, that's probably apocryphal, but the idea that we think we're communicating Yeah. and people aren't always hearing. So I just want to ask if you're willing would you be willing to reflect back what you heard me say so far, this idea about about judgments and what we do with them? I would. I, and I was just going to say how much I love this practice. <laughs> so um, what I heard you say is that our judgments can serve us um, rather than feeling judgy about judging. Um, mm -hmm. We are able to have a sort of like on our own, express those feelings, not be afraid of them and just see what's happening in us and be curious about what needs are coming up in us because of what we're judging or what we're noticing. And then you're then able to, once you've assessed your own needs, to be curious about the person that you might have been judging. Mm -hmm. Is that about what? Yeah. What yeah. Thank you. That's one of the tools of NVC that I think is one of the most useful when it comes to communicating with with people and i man the amount of times i use it is like one out of a hundred but when i do i find it so valuable you mean so are you referring to the the connection Reflect requests back. so yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if i've said something and i'm in a situation where 
it might be a conflict or I need it to be clear. Um, I don't often ask that question. What did you mm. hear? What can you reflect back what you heard me say? You're right. Often it's like, well, I was just thinking about what I was going to say next, <laughs> not what you were saying, <laughs> you know? So you get a chance to rephrase it, to say it again. Yeah. 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 Cause there's this idea that, um, yeah, and communicating, it's actually so simple once you say it out loud. So there's two options in communicating. There's expression, or or we would say honesty. There's honest expression, and there's listening, which yeah. you could also call empathy. Mm. And that most of the time, if you're if you're in a conflict or you're witnessing a conflict, you can see what's happening is both people are expressing. Yes, like you talk and then I talk and you talk and I talk, and nobody's getting the experience of being heard. Right which is what you so much need when you're upset about something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that, true. and so I'm saying that about a conflict, but it's probably true about most conversation. Right. And I mean, you and I do it too, because we get excited. You say something and then I want to say something. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Maybe I didn't completely even understand, or it's not just about understanding, but I might ask you, how do you feel having heard what I just expressed mm. like, oh you might actually be feeling something right and we would miss it if i didn't ask you right and so often i think the reason that we're not listening clearly is because we're not used to being heard or understood so it's like we in my experience i like over talk so that the the words are you're gonna get it whether or not you want to you're gonna hear it you're gonna, <laughs> finally I'm gonna say a million words and then at some point you'll understand but it doesn't matter how many words you say if you haven't opened up the lines of understanding mm. and I think there needs to be on some level an agreement or a a, a motivation to be understood or to under I don't know mm. between the two parties that are are trying to work through any kind of conflict even if it's like what are we having for dinner or, you know, who's going to do the dishes kind of thing. Never mind, uh, never mind war or, you know, or, or major conflicts who like, if we have a hard time with basic conflict, um, the bigger things that we face, how can we even dream of working through them together? You know? So can I ask you something? Please do. Yeah. Okay. So right in this moment, how are you feeling having this conversation? <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> <laughs> I good. I got to bring us back from like. Yeah. It's funny because as soon as I brought up war, my mind started racing and my heart started like, I started to feel anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you know, for the last, for a while. Okay. That's what I'm feeling. I was about to go yeah. down there. Yeah. 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 How about Thank you? Thank you. Yeah, I had a similar little like, <laughs> ouch, yeah. We, we're accustomed at this point to these conversations. I know like social media is not a thing that everyone invests in, but if you do in some way, you're constantly being exposed to huge things, huge mm -hmm. things, whether it's like an actual war that you're viewing or a baby's birth or a wedding mm. announcement or something. Mm. They're big life events that come one after another and they're just big emotions. 
I've, I've really tried for the last two and a half years to stay away from news and social media in those ways, because I've recognized how much anxiety it produces in me. Yeah. Um, and at first I felt guilty about it because I thought I need to be, I need to know, I need to have an opinion. I need to speak up. There's still something to wrestle with there, but I no longer feel guilty about that. Uh, cause there's, there's, there's often very little that you can do in those moments. And what they do is produce pain and suffering and anxiety and depression within us in ways that make us not able to act, mm. you know, and we're not paying attention to our needs in a way that, you know, would help us to actually really be powerful, maybe in response to some of the difficult things we face. Right. So, to have some clarity about what you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Clarity is another big one. Clarity is a big For one. For a need. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. That's always my experience is that you're always bringing it back. Like no matter the circumstance, can we check, can we check what's happening with us after that was said or after this mm -hmm. happened, you know, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's something that to do on your own is a hard thing to, to institute as a regular practice this is one of those things you do need a community to help you with. And so like for right. you, I know you've invested in some NVC communities uh, online because that's sort of where everything's yeah. happening now. Like right. what, have, what have those been like? Right. That's a wondrous thing. I mean, I first discovered that this was happening when the pandemic hit. I had, so like maybe six months before I had realized that I wanted to learn NVC and was trying to find where could I take a class, whatever. And the pandemic hit and I discovered that there was this global community that um, was already in existence, but it really just exploded mm. that first year of the pandemic. So I was meeting people and making friends with people all over the planet. And just the most beautiful people. There were a couple of global fest, you know, events like an entire three or four days were around the clock because people had different time zones and there were trainings and there were discussion groups and things and oh, the most beautiful people mm. all committed to, to learning this way of speaking and being with one another, just so inspiring. Yeah. So inspiring. Um, and I, found a few teachers that really spoke to me and just took every class that I could find. Yeah, so right <laughs> now, the teacher that I'm studying with lives in California. Okay. But some of the people in the class are from all over. Yeah. Planet. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so incredible. Yeah. Which is actually, so it's ongoing practice with one person at a time and then also with three people where you mm. practice mediating. You practice mediating a conversation mediating. that people have. Yeah. A conflict, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I have discovered that I have acting capacity that, <laughs> that I hadn't realized <laughs> or either hadn't realized or just haven't tapped in decades. Wow. But, you know, you do a role play in a mediation, and whatever it is that somebody asks me to role play, I'm just like, I take a minute and drop down, like, what could this person really be feeling and needing? And then just like stuff, stuff comes out of me and my wow. classmates are like, what? I... <laughs> and usually I'm in tears within minutes, all, like almost all the time. I'm just crying. 
and and to me it's like it's not even acting it's like well yeah if you just stop and imagine what is that person experiencing Hmm. there must be some way that you're like you can take on that person and then you can go home and not still feel it this is one of the ways that i've struggled in my life that i have felt like I've connected with people who struggle and suffer. Oh, yeah. And I've had a very hard time differentiating their pain from my own. Yeah. And I'm I feel like I've worked through a lot of that mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. few years, but that was mm-hmm. the source of a lot of pain for me. Yeah. For for a long time of um I remember one Christmas in particular, I was in a really lovely home. And I had just started working with people experiencing homelessness, probably like five, six months in. Mm. And I had become close with some. And I knew that there was this one guy in particular who was sleeping behind a CVS on Christmas morning. And I know like, you know, for me, that was the holiday uh, I celebrate. And it was like, a, it's like the big one, you know? Yeah. And it was like, well, how, how in the world can I enjoy this mm. with my family when I know he's outside? And like, it, for me, that was that, that empathy, like was just, it was so connected to the way I felt. And I, I left the work, like, can I take time off? Can I do this? How can I, how can I dream of taking time off? Mm-hmm. I really struggled with figuring out what my pain was and what other people's was, you know, and it, had I known about this whole concept of nonviolent communication and understanding my needs and paying attention to my needs and Mm. Um, not feeling like I had to lay my life down for some greater good, you know, which is a concept that I was taught in Christianity. Yeah. Um, it, it would have probably saved me a lot of pain and anguish, but you know, it's one of those yeah. things that I really want to teach my kids. And we have this little chart of like the, a smaller list of needs, you know, and feelings. What are you feeling right now? Um, oh my God. I have to tell you, I just got this it's a card game that's the feelings and needs cards no way i just have to show you this yeah (laughs) people who are listening aren't going to be able to see this but they're feelings with like a little a bear showing that emotion and then there's cards for each of the needs they're so they're so wonderful for family i love that i I think i'm going to gift you with a box now that we're talking about it yeah yeah everybody should be able to to unpack. Yeah. From an early age, the, the earlier yeah. that we learn these skills of, of tuning in with ourselves, um, what do we, we just did this practice before we jumped on of like breath, body need. Is that what you called it? Mm-hmm. You just take a breath. You notice the need that's happening in your body. Um, the earlier that we can learn these things, the like teaching kids, this kind of stuff is so valuable. And I, I feel like if it's second hand to them, <laughs> you know, maybe we can, <sighs> prevent some pitfalls you know some yeah. there will definitely be their own but um you know right. it'll get it'll get to some kind of um awareness that prevents some of that stuff that i experienced i think it could who knows but then you know that makes me realize something that <laughs> you and i have talked about a lot which is those painful experiences have made you who you are right and right. you're very precious the way you are so yeah that's true this is a this is a truth that i can't get away from that like 
idea, the thought of regret or wishing something didn't happen um, mm -hmm. ultimately means that I'm not who I am in this moment, which is the mm. combination of all of those things, right? Mm, right. I, li I like who I am in this moment. And yeah. that's an important place to come to. Do you like I yourself? Do. do you like yourself, Randy? <laughs> I do, too. <Dave>. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I haven't thought about it quite that way, but yeah. I do. do you enjoy your own company? I think you do. I definitely do. Yes. Yeah. I make myself laugh a lot. <laughs> but I want to go back to something you said about regret, because yeah. I think there's actually a real place for regret. Mm. But not in, again, it's not about like beating yourself over the head. Yeah, for sure. But like you can look back at things you've done and regret the way that you attempted to meet a need. Yeah. It may not have been the most skillful way to do it. I love that. That's a Buddhist concept. Yeah. Right? Skillful can, and unskillful. I like that. Can you say that again a little? Sorry, that sounds like asking a preacher to repeat a line. Like, can you say that again, that concept about, you know, uh, how regret can be useful? Because I think that's something to really harp on. Instead that, I need of my to, that I need to hear. That I need to hear. Yeah. But instead of my trying to say it again, say it why don't you way. first, no, no, no. <laughs> see, see if you can. What did you hear? Okay. And, and I'll tell you if it's, if it's that, what I was trying to say. That's helpful. All right. So what I heard you say is that regret can be useful in the sense that you reflect back on how you were trying to have a need met and you regret that and not to beat yourself up about it, but to recognize mm -hmm. that it wasn't the most skillful way and that you can build on those skills and, and become more skillful in meeting that need in the future. Yeah, I like that the about? way you said it. Cool. Okay. That's that's <laughs> the way I heard it. So that was like